The Apartment Store. A story for Christmas, written and read by Tobias Sturt. Chapter 7 The Apartment Store. Part 2. They were standing in one of the quiet, elegant squares of the new town, outside a quiet, elegant building of white stone, with quiet, dark windows and an elegant white arch over the door. Steps came down from the front door to black railings that ran along the edge of a steep drop down to the basement level, but at the far end of the railings was a little gate, and a set of steps leading down underground, and a small neon sign. Harry's Bar. Artie led Lydia down the steps and into a dark basement, dimly lit with yellow lights, with the only bright spot being a long mahogany bar that sparkled with glasses and strange bottles of all shapes and sizes. The rest of the room was divided up into booths by benches with tall wooden backs that reached up almost to the ceiling. From these booths came the murmur of unseen conversations and laughter. A couple of voices called out, Otto! And from somewhere in the back came a strange clacking sound, like someone rattling teeth in a cup. Mr Krampus, said the young man behind the bar, I don't know if Harry would be that happy with kids in the bar. You know I'd be able to talk him round, Matthew, said Artie. The young man stroked his beard and smiled. True enough, but you have to be gone by six, he said. Oh, we'll be gone long before then, said Artie. Is she here? Usual place, said the young man, nodding towards the back of the bar. Can I get you anything? A glass of champagne, I think, said Artie, and then a voice said, Allow me. And the large, red-faced man squeezed himself out of a booth and wheezed up to Artie. I'll get that, and whatever the young lady will have. You know what you should try, Lydia, said Artie. A virgin Bellini. You can make a non-alcoholic one, can't you, Matthew? Have you ever had one? You'll love it. Matthew here is one of the best cocktail mixers in the town. No, make that the world. Am I right? Never argue with the customer, said Matthew with a grin. Make it a bottle of champagne, said Artie, and two glasses. Still the same old Otto Krampus, said the fat man. And you're still one of the men who voted me out of my own store, Nudson, said Artie with a grin. But I've changed, and I've got a whole new project that's going to blow you and your stores out of the water. Hang on to your pocketbook, because it's all about to change. Hey, no hard feelings, eh, Otto, said the fat man. It's all just business. Always keen to talk business. You know me if you've got something new. Have I, said Artie. Listen. And then Matthew the barman started doing something loud with the cocktail shaker full of ice, and Lydia couldn't hear what they were saying. Finally, the fat man puffed his way back to his booth, and Artie picked up the bottle of champagne and the glasses from the bar. Oscar Nudson, he whispered to Lydia, is a foolish great oaf, but he is also a very rich foolish great oaf who thinks he has a shrewd nose for business and likes to get in on the beginnings of things. A useful person to bump into, but... Not why we are here. Why are we here? said Lydia, and is this made with peaches? It's delicious. Thank you, Matthew. We are here to beard the dreadful dragon in her lair, said Artie, leading the way down the bar. And she is a spiteful and wily dragon. So we come bearing gifts. A glass of champagne, mademoiselle? They had come to the final booth, right in the darkest corner of the bar. Here, under a single dim light, was a sharp-faced young woman in a tight grey suit who was typing away furiously, making a clattering, unpredictable rhythm. Opposite her sat an owlish-looking man who was sitting in front of a large camera 
mechanically eating peanuts one by one. Beware of griefs bearing gifts, said the woman without stopping typing. No, that doesn't work. Mitt? It's Greeks, said the man after a moment of contemplation. Greeks bearing gifts. I know that, said the woman. I was trying to find something else that might describe a washed-up old department store owner who might have a grief with the newspaper that agitated for his dismissal. What do you want, Krampus? To say thank you, Maddie, said Artie, sliding into the booth next to the man. Have a seat, Lydia. He gestured at the seat next to the typing woman. I didn't bring you a glass, Mitt. No one ever does, said the man, mournfully. This is a child. The woman stopped typing and stared at Lydia. I object to children, on hygiene grounds mostly. They are nothing but walking petri dishes of bacteria. A person gets a child, and the next thing, they get a disease. I know people who have been ill for years. And aesthetics. They're too small. Everything is always too big or too high or too difficult. They ought to be of more appropriate dimensions. It's just untidy. She looked at Lydia closely. You look neat enough. What's your name? Lydia, said Lydia. Who are you? Hey. I do the questions here, said the woman. Maddie Sharp. I write for the Argus. I write things that are not nice about your friend here, even when he buys me champagne, which I am not going to feel guilty about, even when I drink it. You cannot guilt me into doing you a favour, so you can cut it out with the puppy dog eyes, Krampus. It looks unseemly on a man your age. This one isn't doing it, and she could get away with it. In fact, she is giving me what I believe is colloquially termed the stink eye. What's more, I'll you, half pint. Why did you write mean things about Artie? Artie, said Maddie. Artie met. Artie agreed Mitt. It's what my friends call me, said Artie. You wouldn't know, Maddie. Touché, said Maddie. A palpable hit. I tell you, though, Lydia, friend of Artie, I write mean things about the big guy because I admire him, because he came to this town with nothing and built that store and his fortune with his own wits, and then he squandered it. He got fat and lazy and bored. See, I admired the wit, but I despair of the twit. The Krampus has become just another stale old institution. I hate institutions. They are for mad people and married people, if you can tell the difference. It needed gingering up. He needed gingering up. And gingered I certainly have been, said Artie. I'm not here to make you feel guilty or to pull on your heartstrings for a favour. In fact, I'm here to do you one as a thank you. He's coming across all magnanimous and he's got a waif and stray in tow, said Maddie. Why do I feel like a mark? "'Because you're a mark,' said Mitt. "'What's the spiel, Krampus?' said Maddie. "'Lydia is here because she represents the Lydian,' said Artie. "'And what is the Lydian?' "'And he told her.' "'This is not,' said Maddie, "'crammed into the back of a taxi with Mitt and Artie and Lydia, "'in any way a favour. "'I do not in any way feel guilty or generous, "'even after a glass and half of your champagne, "'which we have left in the bar, incidentally.' got it here, said Mitt, opening his coat to reveal the neck of the bottle sticking out of an inside pocket. I only work with the best, said Maddy, and that is because I have a reputation to uphold, and what holds it up is stories, good stories. If this is not a good story, if it does not hold up, she jabbed a finger at Artie. Understand? It's a good story, said Artie. Trust me and pay for the cab. They pulled up outside the Lydian to find themselves behind a big black car Lydia hadn't seen before. Dor was standing next to the car, talking to the driver and a man with a big black beard. Dor and the driver were drinking coffee. We have a customer, he said, gesturing at the big car as Artie and Lydia got out of the taxi. The man with the beard turned and started walking away. Mrs Mountjoy, said Artie, if I'm not mistaken. She's been in there for ages, said the driver. It's a kidnapping case, said Maddie. Who's this, said Dor. She's a reporter, said Lydia. She's come to do a story about the Lydian. This is my father. We live on the top floor, 
So you're responsible for this small human, are you? And no compensation either, said Dor. Mitt, let's get them both while we're out here in front of the sign, just in case, said Maddie. Mitt brought up his camera. Right, Kidna Dad, perfect. Now with Krampus, great. All three, smile, Dad. Thanks, just the kid. Make happy, kid. Make like the sign, swinging the bag, that's it. Want to meet a customer? said Artie. I'm sure she'll be happy to talk to the press. Just remember, anything she says can be used as evidence against you, said Maddie. Lay on, Macduff, lay on. They tried the Christmas department first, where they found Mrs. M in a state of great excitement. We had a customer, Mr. Krampus Lydia. She bought pastries and a glass of punch and was very kind to the children. This is a reporter, said Artie carefully, from the Argus. This is Mr. M and Mrs. M who were in the Olympic downstairs and started this whole thing. And this is your apartment, this Christmas experience, said Maddie. How does that feel, having strangers walking through your home buying things? She did not buy anything from the Olympic, said Mr. M despondently. Mitt started taking photographs of the decorations and arranging the little M's and Granny M around the tree in different poses. A lady like that would never have come to the Olympic before, said Mrs. M. It was a pleasure to have her here. Do you know where she's gone? asked Artie. She liked Feruza's cards, so I sent her upstairs, said Mrs. M. Excellent. That's exactly right, said Artie. Come on, everyone. Feruza was at her counter, happily drawing reindeer when they got up to the art and cookery department. We had a customer, she said. She ordered a whole mixed selection of cards. And she's taken a whole load of recipe cards, too, said John, coming through from the kitchen. I gave them for free, but I did point out that Mr. M stopped most of the ingredients. This is a reporter from the Argus, said Artie. She's doing a story on the Lydian. I know, said John. You're Maddie Sharp. I've written for the Argus a couple of times, just freelance, John Childerick. And now you're welcoming strangers into your kitchen to watch you cook, said Maddie. You think this is a good idea? It's a terrific idea, said John. You know, I write freelance a lot, which means I'm often working at home. and It's so great to actually have people here to be talking to your clients. And with what Feruza and I do, Feruza's an artist and she's joined all these posters and cards here. It's so much about our personalities, you know, it's about us as people. So where better to show that off than our own home, see? Plus, you know, we're already paying rent here, said Feruza. Mitt, get these two, said Maddie, all covered in ink and flour. You look great, both of you. Mrs Mountjoy must have gone up to see Ivy, said Artie. But Mrs Mountjoy wasn't there. Ivy was still sitting on the floor where Lydia had last seen her this morning, poring over the dresses of the Mrs Pleasaunce. I haven't seen anyone since the Mrs P left, said Ivy, and my legs have gone to sleep. Can someone help me up? Her car's still out front, said Lydia, looking out the window. I found her, said Dor from the landing. She's down with the Mrs. Pleasance. They discovered Mrs. Mountjoy sitting in one of the tiny green chairs in the living room, with Peony and Pansy perched on the sofa, and of all people, George Joseph, squatting on a footstool, all of them drinking tea. There was a bowl of green Turkish delight on the table between them. George Joseph had icing sugar on his fingertips. Otto, cried Mrs. Mountjoy as they came in. This is utterly, utterly delightful. What a delightful idea this all is, Peony and Pansy. I do hope you don't mind me using your first names, but I feel like we are old friends already. They have been giving me such excellent advice in my conservatory, you know. It has got so old-feeling, so staid, and they have such delightful ideas. And this splendid young man has been telling me all about what kind of tennis racket to buy for Martin. He's left-handed, you see said George Joseph, with a strong backhand, so it's important. This is Maddie Sharp, said Artie, you know, from the Argus. Mrs Mountjoy, is it? said Maddie. So what do you think of Mr Krampus's apartment store? 
I think it's utterly delightful. Everyone is so kind and friendly and welcoming and so talented. There's a lovely lady who makes the most delightful Christmas cards. You must see her. It really is excellent, Otto. Don't congratulate me, said Artie. This isn't my idea, and this belongs to everyone here, even Peony and Pansy Plaisance. They weren't even intending to open their apartment to customers, and yet here we are, because that's the kind of people who make an apartment store work. Generous, talented people. But most of all, the Lydian owes everything to Lydia herself. Okay, I get it, said Maddie. Get her and the ladies met. What do you think to all this, Lydia? I think it's fantastic, said Lydia, trying to talk and smile for the camera at the same time. It's so exciting having everyone working together and people coming here. It's usually just me and my dad. Lydia's mother died, said Artie in Maddie's ear. What does your dad do? said Maddie. He makes toys, said Lydia quickly before Dor could say anything. You make toys, said Maddie, looking at Dor's apron with the name of the Olympic across the front. I do? Lydia glared at him and Dor crossed his arms covering up the name. Well, I make Lydia toys for Christmas every year, so I guess I do. Well, why not? Why not? echoed Maddie. Why not indeed? Why not start a store in your apartment block? What have you got to lose if you've got nothing to lose? If you're living in a rundown apartment block in a rundown part of town, nothing but rundown jobs and rundown luck. Why not try something extraordinary? Who knows what will work? Why not? Told you it was a good story, didn't I? said Artie. The Apartment Store was written and read by me, Tobias Sturt. The music is Tchaikovsky, The Christmas Tree from the Nutcracker, sourced from muzzopen.com. You can find more at Apple Podcasts, where you can also rate and review us if you'd like. We're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud, and, of course, at our website, ruritania.co.uk stories. And thank you for listening. <laughs>